coming up on See, Hear, Love. Esther is one of the two books in the Bible that make no mention of the name of God, the other being Song of Solomon. Hmm. Now, that's interesting. There, there's no mention of the name of God. The fingerprints of God are everywhere. Mm-hmm. But you know what? If you're going through a hard time, if you feel like you're isolated in Persia, if you feel like the world is against you, then you probably feel like there's no mention of God in your life either. Ooh, and so wow. this is a story to help us when we feel in a kind of a global crisis, like a global pandemic, is a time in which we can trust. And here's how God works to get his people through hard times. Hey, everybody, it's uh, Melinda again for our See, Here Love podcast, and I'm really actually excited for you to hear, I don't know why I said actually, but excited for you to hear our latest conversation, and it's with Max Licato. For some of you who have been around in the Christian world, you'll know him uh, from so many of his books, from seminary and, and Bible college to your church library to your mother giving that to you, one of his books as a gift at Christmas, you know Max Licato. For others of you who don't know him, here is who he is, our latest guest. He's a pastor, a speaker, best-selling author, and he's the pastor of Oak Hills Church in San Antonio, Texas. He has sold more than 120 million copies of his books in 54 languages worldwide. Uh, he is quite a guy, <laughs> and when you listen to this conversation, um, you'll see how just open he is and how comfortable he was in sharing with me. This episode really focuses on the book of Esther and the storyline and what happened in Esther. Uh, this conversation is also about how we cultivate courage, um, how we put our hope in God, how we discover our role in God's story and how we were made for this moment. So I know you're going to enjoy it. Um, I have some thoughts after you hear our conversation, but here is my conversation with the extraordinary Max Licato. It is so great to have you here with us on See, Here Love. Welcome. Thank you. you. It's an honor, an honor. My only uh, regret is that I'm not there in person. I know. uh, To say hello to you. Well, next time and when our borders open and things open up, we would love to host you here in Canada. Amen. When was the last time you were in Canada? Uh, You know, I'm trying to recall. It has been, I mean, not not a terribly long time. It's probably been three or four years. Okay. It has. Of course, I've not been anywhere in 18 yeah, true. months, I mean, so to speak, anywhere. So anything yeah. that you remember that you really loved about Canada or it was very different than the U.S.? Yeah, I'm going to be so embarrassed because I'm <laughs> drawing a blank on the name of that great coffee. It'll come to me. Oh, Tim Hortons. Tim Hortons. <laughs> I'm so sorry I went blank there for a second. It's just because no. I don't ever see the signs here in Texas, but I've, I really got into Tim Horton coffee. All right. Yeah, wow. that's, that's our thing. It's our it's our coffee uh, that can, really represents us. So can I, can you can you email me an attachment of coffee? Is that doable? <laughs> can you just, 
put in a put a call. Yeah, maybe I can send you email. over. I I do know that there are actually some in Buffalo, but it makes You're sense right. because they're close to the Canadian yeah. border. So I um, I think I've seen them in New York City. I'm oh really? Positive, I believe anyway. Okay, but that's what I, I remember. Tim of course, Martin. I love I love the people. I oh, love, thank I love you. you guys. Oh, really. Canadians are so great. <laughs> yeah, you, well, are. Max, you are. And I, it's such an immense nation. Yes. You know, we forget how extraordinary, I mean, from one, I've been on both sides, and, and it, you underestimate the immensity and the beauty of the Canadian country. It is yeah. gorgeous. Wow. Thank you for that. It is. And the people are so diverse and yet very unique in each province. But yeah, it, I, I, re I love Canada. I love living in Canada. So thank Did you. you grow, or were you born in Canada? I was born Canadian? in the Philippines were you? Okay. and then came over when I was 13, but okay. Canadian citizen and have loved every opportunity I've been given. Good here. For it's you. it's a, Good an amazing, for you. amazing country. So I want to talk about, and I love this because the focus really of what I want to kind of pull out of your latest book, Max, is is the sense of courage, but also the title of your latest book, You're Made for This Moment. Yeah. It's very empowering. And I think for, you know, young women and women like my age, it's something that we really need to be encouraged for. So before we, we talk about this, you know, you were made for this moment, I want to talk about one of my favorite stories in the Bible, Esther, because your book is, is really centered around her and her story. And for our listeners, uh, Max, could you kind of give a synopsis of the story? Because we have people that are unfamiliar with the story. Yeah. And yeah, then we it, tie it in. Mm -hmm. It is a delight. And I think I can summarize it. It's a nine chapter book in the Old Testament. Uh, mm -hmm. The setting is fifth century BC. Uh, four main characters. Uh, number one is a king by the name of Xerxes. He was the Alexander the Great of Persia. I mean, he was he was uh, young and wealthy, wealthy beyond possible imagination. Uh, he's about 30, 35 years old during the setting of this story. The book attributes nothing wise to him. If you read the book, you think he's just a good drinker, not a good thinker, because he mm. doesn't say much, but he's always drinking. He has a right-hand man by the name of Haman, H-A-M-A-N, and mm. Haman is the Hitler of his day. He mm. has an anti-Semitic strain that traces itself back to many, many generations, and he decides that every Jew uh, should be killed. Now, keep in mind, 500 BC, ancient Persia, uh, by now the Jews have, have been scattered all over the then known world, and, uh, and, and, and there is no temple. Uh, Jerusalem is still in ruins. And by the time we get to the book of Esther, these people have been away from Jerusalem, away from their homeland for about three generations. Two of them uh, have chosen to keep their ancestry a secret. And these are the other two main characters, Mordecai, who has worked his way up as a, a high ranking official uh, in the uh, in the in the court of Xerxes. And uh, and then uh, Esther, uh, uh, you know, Hadassah in, in her Hebrew name, Esther is is the not dead, gorgeous, beautiful head, Hollywood head turner girl who at against all odds is selected to be the queen of uh the king and so here you got these two people nobody knows they're jews one works for the king the other sleeps with the king and then the most 
terrible, a tragedy occurs. Uh, Haman declares a holocaust. He's going to destroy all the Jews. He's going to kill everybody of Jewish ancestry. And then he declares that everybody needs to bow before him. And Mordecai refuses to do so because he knows that Haman is this anti-Semitic thug and he refuses to bow. And that's when sets in motion all of these things that we read about in the book of Esther. I, I'm a little hesitant to give away Melinda too much of the punchline now because I think I've wet the appetite. But, but, but suffice it to say that Mordecai discloses his Jewish ancestry. Mm -hmm. He appeals to his cousin Esther to do the same as queen. She initially resists, but she eventually complies. And there's courage all over her face as she steps into the presence of Xerxes. And thanks to her, thanks to her faith, thanks to her devotion, the children of Israel are delivered. So suffice it to say, Ooh, it's, it's a story of, okay, th does this sound like our day? Misogyny, thugs, mm -hmm. uh, 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 mistreatment of, yeah. of, of women, and yeah. yet a woman in the midst of this uh, anti-Jewish, anti-female culture rises up to be the hero mm. of the story. Mm. I mean, if that doesn't get your pulse. I know. Out. I was getting chills, Max. Like I was getting chills all over and going, here's the story of the day. Thankful that you you've you've brought this story back in again into this new book. Okay, so we. I, I'm not sure why it's not studied more. It, I know it's, that's a good it, question. It's, it's, it's a phenomenal story. Now, here's the other uh, unique feature, and I know you're probably heading in this direction, but Esther is one of the two books in the Bible that make no mention of the name of God. The other being Song of Solomon. Hmm. Now that's interesting. There, there's no mention of the name of God. The fingerprints of God are everywhere. Mm -hmm. But you know what? If you're going through a hard time, if you feel like you're isolated in Persia, if you feel like the world is against you, then you probably feel like there's no mention of God in your life. Either. Ooh, and so wow. this is a story to help us when we feel in a kind of a global crisis, like a global pandemic. It's a time in which we can trust. And here's how God works to get his people through hard times. Oh, Max, that's powerful. I never saw that where there was, I mean, I, I read through in the book and there was mention in it about, you know, God wasn't mentioned, but that really, I know is going to resonate with a lot of our viewers and listeners because many people go, I, I'm feeling like God's not here. I don't sense him, feel him. There's no mention of him. And yet I just loved how you said that, that the fingerprints of God are all over this story. Woo! That's encouraging. That's that's a good reminder for people who are listening to say, God is at work all the time. You may not see it, but his fingerprints are there. Okay, so you've set up the story. I love it. That was very succinct. You must know what you're... <laughs> You must be well, a you know, by the time you've well, by the time you've written a book about it, <laughs> yes, if, if, if you can't give they, they, if you can't give an elevator talk, uh, you're in bad exactly. shape. Okay, so we've talked about courage, and and I want you to kind of fit together. So we have this powerful story of Esther, and then you have this, which I love because it sounds like what a parent would say or a coach would say or a parent or pastor would say about, you know, you were made for this moment. I heard that growing up. There were moments that, you know, I was called to kind of step into leadership or step in to, to communicate or preach or whatever. And people would say, you're made for this moment. So to help, help us understand 
the story of Esther, and yet, and you were made for this moment. Because I can see it, but I, I'd like to hear what yeah, you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, the, 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 the theological term is quiet providence. This is what the Bible or theologians call quiet providence. Mm. Now, now, sometimes we see the providence of God in a very stated fashion, like when the Red Sea opens, mm -hmm. when Lazarus is called from the dead. Of course, when we see Jesus risen from the dead, that's providential. We all love the visible providential outworkings of God. Most of life, however, is seen in the quiet uh, providence of God where God works behind the scenes, mm. uh, where he doesn't have to have his name uh, on the, uh, you know, on, on, on the billboard, uh, but that he's working quietly in orchestrating things. I believe, for example, that I believe in God's quiet providence, mm. and I believe that God in his quiet providence moved you as a young girl from the Philippines to Canada, and he prepared you, he equipped you with this delightful personality and this wonderful skill set that you have uh, to use, to be used for such a time as this. Uh, it, it, I would go so far as to say, as Acts 17 says, that God determines our, 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 where we live uh, in his perfect plan. In other words, I, I think you ended up in Canada because God knew that K Canada would need someone with your ability, skill, heart, and, and passion. I believe I ended up in Texas uh, because uh, for some reason, in his perfect plan, God felt like I, he could use my ministry better here. So it, it, to me, that's wonderfully reassuring mm, yeah. uh, because that, that, tell, that, that if God has called you to this place, uh, Melinda, then he's going to give you what you need to fulfill his mission. Uh, it's not, doesn't mean we're not going to have to, you know, pedal uphill. Mm -hmm. There's going to be a lot of, uh, we're going to be, we're going to feel those headwinds a lot. It's not easy. It's, it's a tough thing we go through. It really mm -hmm. is. Yeah. And so, but I, I want to just say you, you're made for this moment. You know, if, if you, if you're in a situation as a young mom and you've got three kids who are pulling everything out of you and you're pulling your hair out of your head, God will give you what you need. I'm not saying it's going to be easy, but I am saying that God is going to mm -hmm. help you. He'll meet you at the right time in the right way. Uh, that's what, that's what Mordecai said to Esther. He said, now Esther relief will come. This is in Esther chapter four, the fourth chapter, uh, relief will come. Uh, so the question is not, are we going to get through it? But then he said, who knows, but that you were placed in the kingdom for such a time as this. Maybe this is your role, Esther. And that's what got through to her. That's what, caught, that's what took her from wanting to hide out and cloister. That's what took her from saying, if, if, I, if, if I go in there, I'll perish, to saying, well, if I perish, I perish. Yeah. It, it gave her courage. It was the belief that God would get them through it and that she was the person uh, to step up and be involved in the deliverance. Mm. Max, that's so good because... You know, courage is a big theme throughout the book, throughout, you know, Esther's story. And I know for many, you know, young women, you know, now, you know, the question is, how do we cultivate courage, especially in a time where it seems so polarizing and politics and climate change in, in church and Christian theology in so many areas that we are looking at in the world today? it feels unsafe and it feels scary. And it feels like I'm too scared to put myself out there and speak or stand up. 
because I know the backlash, what could happen to me? Or am I eloquent enough to speak or say, what would you say, you know, to, to, you know, women, you know, and men who are struggling with cultivating courage and being courageous and standing up for what is right and what is good and what God has called them to do? Uh, Well, sometimes we use the phrase, you know, take a stand for your faith. And in the connotation uh, that people receive is, okay, I need to be obnoxious. (laughs) You you know what I mean? Oh, I I know. Oh, we know. know, Just just Saturday, I I played golf. I I mentioned to you before our interview began that I'm getting over COVID. Mm -hmm. And so I laid low for a few, uh, quite a while. And uh, felt good enough to go out on Saturday to play golf. Ended up having lunch with a friend. Uh, who does not share my faith, but he knows I'm a pastor. We have a great time together. We play golf together and stuff. And he said, you know, Locato, there's this guy out here who owns his own golf cart and he's got fish symbols all over it. He's got these fish symbols. (laughs) And he said, he he said, I don't get all that, but I know they're Christian. And then he said, but he doesn't, he, he doesn't behave any different than I do. Mm. You know, he's loud. He's obnoxious. He throws his club you know, this, that, and the other. And, I, and, 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 and so sometimes I, 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 when we use the phrase, take a stand for your faith, uh, I, I think some people are thinking, okay, I'm going to go put fish symbols all over my golf cart. You know, I'm going to do something oh. like that. Yeah. And so I, I, I really get turned off by that. I think that is so har- harmful for our, oh, for our faith. I do. Yeah. Give mm-hmm. me the Christian who's quiet in his or her faith but does the same thing on Monday that they say they're going to do on Sunday. And there you've got the winning combination, you know, Mm. just, just, just trust that Christ by the power of the Holy spirit will speak through you. He'll speak to you and then he'll speak through you in the right way. Now, if you feel a conviction, then to express your convictions, do so in a godly and kind, but firm way. Mm. Yeah, of course, uh, engage, uh, but don't weird out, please. We, we got a lot of. <laughs> got a lot, making, sorry, we got a lot of weirdos. Any sorry, sense, Max. Melinda. No, I'm I know. Making, you know, people, and I've got to be a little careful. I'll get on a high horse here. I, I just. <laughs> it's don't. okay. Listen, I get that. I, I, yeah. I'm in Christian media, and, uh, <laughs> and you know, I, I watch and look at social media and listen to a lot of people, Max, and I'm like, mm. if, if a lot, you know, and I'm not trying to be critical but if, if that if they were representing jesus then no wonder yeah. there's a turnoff because it's, it's i don't see that as the way of jesus and the way jesus would approach things and his tone and action or non-action and things like that so tone, I get tone that. is a great word tone is yeah <laughs> yes yeah. Yeah. i get that so i love that so courage i think yeah, yeah. go ahead okay so so mordecai and esther how mm-hmm. do they respond well yeah. mordecai responded by repenting he just repented, you know, he, uh, he put on sackcloth and ashes. Now we don't do that today, but you know, all of us need to repent. Uh, I, I, I began trying to be a better disciple of Christ, uh, in college and Melinda, I was a drunk. I was a drunk. I was a mess. Uh, you would not, it, I, I, no mother would have wanted their daughter to go out with the college version of me. I was not respectful. I was a bully. I was a bum. And I needed to repent. I really mm-hmm. did. And, and I did. I did. I went to individuals and I said, you know, I'm sorry because I keep calling myself a Christian. 
but I'm, I, I, I don't want you to be like me. And so anyway, he set that example. I think for some of us, we just need to do that. You know, the Christian faith is so great because we're people of repentance, not people of accomplishment. We just say, okay, wow. I'm going to do better. I'm going to do better by God's grace. Now, what did Esther do? Esther heard about the challenge and she entered into a three days period of prayer and fasting. Mm-hmm. I know that those of you, those of us who've read Esther think that the high point of the story is when she appears before King Xerxes, all decked out in beauty. But I think the real high point of the story is this image we have of her flat on her face in her room, mm. begging God for help, pasty face, lips parched, hair matted. She's been praying for three days, three days, and she's begging God for mercy. And because she went first to the king of kings, she could have courage to go into the presence mm. of the king of Persia. So once you spend time in the presence of God, then you'll have the courage to move forward. So Esther... Wow models prayer mordecai models repentance and those two are the first steps toward courage love that again max that's really because we have created in culture even in church culture that courage is this action big grandiose move and move and stand and actually what you just said to me was just like whoa because it actually was face down right not pretty ugly begging mercy before we take the big plunge stand publicly yeah. in that way that's really which, important that's good it's which really they good. which they did right? right they did they eventually they did you know, but they, they started in that repentance yeah they re- started with repentance and prayer, prayer. and then okay. god gave him a strategy he gave him a strategy yeah. oh i don't want to give all the good points of the story away because i'm afraid somebody will read I'm kind it of like this and you're like no and oh, i'm like my max <laughs> but she's it's just she's brilliant she's yes. brilliant so she goes to the king and he says, what do you want? I'll give it to you up to half of my half of the kingdom. I mean, she must have been a knockdown gorgeous. Yeah, girl. I think and, so. And he, he was such a he was such a I don't know. Anyway, it's <laughs> so like, just tell me what you want, honey. Anyway, so he yeah. Ugu and Gaga's over her. So she says, hey, how about a meal? How about a banquet? Look at that. She knows exactly how exactly to get how to, to it. get to a guy. Food. Yeah, yeah. Give him food, a lot of wine. Yeah, I'll dress food, up, beauty, perfume, yeah. some Frank Sinatra <laughs> songs. It's going to be great. And we'll invite Haman. Haman gets the big head. He thinks mm-hmm. he's pretty cool. Now, I really got to stop right there because okay. then what happens before the second banquet is one of the great moments in the Bible. But I, I just, I got to say that. You got to stop. You got to, you, you can't share. Oh, I could, but I hate, I don't want to give away the great thing. Oh, it's just so, it's the greatest reversal in the Bible, second only to the resurrection of Jesus Christ, because the very guy who was going to bring such pain ended up receiving the very pain that he set out to give. Okay. Which means that you really have to two things, read the book of Esther. So get back into your Bible or get a Bible if you don't happen to read it and get your book is essentially what we're saying here. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> and, and regardless of your view of the Bible, Esther is a classic. It is yes. a classic. To this day, as, as your Jewish listeners know, uh, the, the, the story of Esther is celebrated every year in the Feast of Purim, P-U-R-I-M, Feast of Purim, in right. which the whole story is reenacted. And, and, and when you read it, it feels like a, like a screenplay. I mean, there's, 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 a, there's a complex beginning, there's, there's, there's danger, 
and then there's a conquest, there's a resolution. It just follows a narrative that uh, it feels something like somebody was writing a screenplay. I love that. I think what's great, Max, for you as a storyteller, as a writer, you can kind of like tease and get people interested in the story because I think more of us need to do that to say, hey, these are good stories to read. They There's are. lots to learn from them. Uh, yeah, I love that. And, 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 and I do, I want to point out too that the hero is a female. I, I know, I know yes. that faith these days gets beat up a lot because of the perception that it's so male focused. But let me tell you something. The hero of the Jewish people, the hero of this story is this uh, female. Again, she had to have a come to faith me decision herself, mm -hmm. but she did. She did. And she's brilliant. The way she maneuvered the thing, her, her opportunity around. And at just the right moment, she disclosed who she was. And the bad guy went down and the good guy survived. So good. Yay. 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 It's like, a, it's like, it's like a better than rom-com slash. Like it's, it's like the best of rom-com and action Marvel movies all together. in one. I love that. You know what yeah. I mean? Okay. I all right. That. We've got a few more minutes, but I want to say this. So people are going, wow, what a story. She's gorgeous. There's all this action, but my life looks like nothing like that. I'm not an Esther. Um, how does my life, and I love, you know, within in, in your story and in your book, this whole, whole idea of discovering our role in God's story. So I think sometimes people feel like they're not part of God's story or they've eliminated, they've, they've removed themselves from God's story. They're not good enough. There's a lot of reasons why, but Max, what would you say how we can, you know, it may not look like Esther's story, but there's elements in Esther's story that can be for all of us. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to decide which answer. Do we have two hours to keep talking? Well, I wish, but you've given me a hard time. <laughs> no, I get it. Um, no, that's an, it's a key question. But I know, I just, when you're saying that, it's just that question I feel. Yeah. That you could answer really so, well. So uh, about uh, three weeks ago, I went in uh, for a physical and uh, the doctor was a little concerned about something. So he sent me to get a CT scan. And then- I got COVID, mm -hmm. but then I got better. But then my wife and I celebrated 40 years of, of uh, marriage, August, August the 8th. And wow. so we went on a seven day trip and it was a delight. And in the middle of the trip, my doctor said, now don't forget, I want to see you when you get back. And he sent me to uh, another doctor. And so I'm, I'm answering your question here, Melinda, yeah. just, um, I'm with and you. so, and so uh, when, when I went into the doctor, Melinda, you and I are talking on a Tuesday. This was just last Thursday. So this is really fresh on my mind. Mm. The doctors said, uh, Max, I want to talk to you. And uh, I've cleared an hour for us to talk. Mm. I said, so now I'm starting to kind of think, when does a doctor give you an hour? And so I went to see him. And it uh, uh, turns out I've got some heart issues. I've got, a, I've got an aneurysm. Uh, on the aorta that ascends out of my heart. Mm. Uh, a week ago, I didn't even know what really an aneurysm was. But you know, when these things happen, you start reading up. And it's pretty big. It's, it's no small thing. And so all weekend, uh, can I admit to you mm -hmm. that I, uh, I've been weepy. Mm. I've been uh, troubled. I haven't slept well. 
I've needed courage. I've needed courage. So here I am. I've been preaching for 40 years, married for 40 years. You'd think that when something like this would happen, I would stand up and I'd beat my chest and I'd say, all things work together for the good of those who love God. I would say, can it all joy, my brethren? And, you know, that I would just start quoting Bible verses. Uh, I'm, I'm honestly telling you that uh, I, I, took a, I took a downward spiral. Mm. And, and it's been a struggle. It's been a struggle. Uh, and I'm going to be okay. I really am. I don't know what the future holds or what the treatments are going to have in store. And, uh, but I say that to say, you ask, what does Esther, how does Esther's story apply? Uh, it, let me tell you something. Relief will come. I need to know that right now in my life, that relief will come. I need to know the second message of Esther, and that is that I have been made for such a time as this, that this is all part of God's plan. I didn't ask it. I don't want it. I've already asked the Lord to deliver me from the surgery that requires the, old, the cracking of the chest. I don't want to go through that. But mm -hmm. you know what? Uh, Esther's story spoke to me and is speaking to me, uh, even as we walk through it in this interview. I'm in the back of my mind thinking, okay, I needed to be reminded of this today. And so uh, uh, is it okay that I shared that? I love that. <laughs> Thank you. No, I really appreciate that. You know, this is about having a space for openness and honesty. And I think that really speaks to me, Max, because I think as a speaker and a pastor, sometimes we speak a lot of things, but yeah. we're not actually in it to actually live it. Yeah. And I was saying this to a friend where, you know, for years I've been speaking in Canada and I was always sharing, live in one day at a time, give God control, live an open-handed life. Tomorrow has a lot of worries. Let's be present today. And then actually when COVID happened, I freak out, I lose control. I go in a downward spiral because I don't know what's happening. I'm all in a kerfuffle, like everything was crazy. And I was reminded that here I've been speaking about this present living one day at a time. And I was actually not even, I wasn't living it. I was saying yeah. it, but I wasn't living it until it actually happened. And so it's I, a test, isn't it? It, it, it is. is. It's kind of like, oh, test. wait a second. Yeah. What yeah. I've been saying and preaching to everybody and encouraging, exhorting. And, and you know what, Melinda, that's okay. That's okay. Yeah. Uh, what, what I'm, Lately, the last couple of years, I find myself when I talk to people who are going through tough times, I find myself saying, now, just be kind to yourself. Yeah. Be kind to yourself. The fact is, this is a, it's a hard deal. Now, for some people, it's a lot harder. Mm -hmm. uh, but for all of us, it's, it's challenging. Yeah. So I'd say that to you, Melinda. I say that to myself. Mm -hmm. I've had to say, OK, Max, cut yourself some slack. You know, don't I, I felt I felt I felt bad. And then I felt bad about feeling bad. So that's, yeah. Where, where's know, that going to take me? You know? <laughs> I get that. No, I appreciate uh, that. I really appreciate it. I think that's really encouraging that when you can be just so open it, I know it's going to really encourage people, Max. So thank you. Um, wow. We are made for this moment. We talked about courage and our role. You did earlier talk about hope that we have in God today, you know, through the story. And I, I just want to encourage you know, our listeners and viewers to get your book. Cause I think you kind of left out some things that I think we need to read, which was smart of you to kind of tease us and then not say everything. So that was good. So we definitely need to get that any last minute or not last minute, but last thoughts, Max on any kind of encouragement for our listener today. 
especially in this, you were made for this moment or hope or courage or role and future, mm-hmm. what would you say? I think I would say, let's let God be really big. Let mm-hmm. him be really big. Um, my dad uh, was a real muscular man. I don't know what happened to me, but I, he was really a muscular guy. And I used to uh, ask him to flex his muscles so I could just feel them. I could, it was one of my favorite boyhood memories. Mm-hmm. And he would. He had a pretty good set of biceps. And, and you know, when I, fl- when I felt his muscles, I felt strong. And I think our heavenly father wants us to let him flex his muscles. You know, look at the universe, look at the skies, look at nature, look at the beautiful surroundings uh, in Canada. Look at the, look what God has done and let God say, you know what? This is me flexing my muscles. I can take care of you. So just let God be big, let him be big. And I think when God is big, faith is big as well. Max Licato, this was such a pleasure to meet you, but listen to you and be inspired. I, I really appreciate it. And, and I'll be praying for you, you know, when, you. as you were speaking, it, it was definitely in me and I'll share with, you know, my, 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 my see her love team, but we'll pray for you that you'll you. sense God is near, uh, that you won't fear and trust that you'll see that God is big and that he's got this plan for you. We'll pray for your family and your wife as you go through, you know, surgery or what happens, but know that we've Thank you. friends in Canada, new friends, Max in Canada. Thank you. That will be and I'll, I'm, I'm going to be looking for that coffee. Okay. For sure. When you come up, you'll have to, we'll have no, to no, you, one. No, no, I want you to email me in a, a coffee. <laughs> Can you not do that? I know. I'll have to figure that out. If there's a way to do that, I will. So thank you so much. So well, you're much. the best, Melinda. Oh, thank so you. so great to meet you. Thank you so you much. You do a super job. All the best to you. Uh, thanks again. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. My thoughts for this conversation, there's a lot. My, my mind is a little jumbled, but I think what really stuck out to me was when I thought courage, I always thought stepping out, being really reactive, being strong, being the loudest one in the room, speaking up, making lots of noise, getting attention. And what was really stunning and interesting was when Max said, you know, courage and cultivating courage within the story of Esther was that both parties of Mordecai and Esther, actually before they stepped up and stepped out they actually fasted and repented, begged for mercy. And that's a different posture than society or culture creates about courage. Uh, it is at first about the sense of humility and yeah, humbling of yourself. I mean, listening and being open to what God's saying, but also repenting of the things that uh, have kept yourself back, pride or the need for popularity or to be seen or all of that. But that really struck me. And that before you step out, you need to, I don't know, it's not this be down, but just be in a place of repentance and thoughtfulness and maybe fasting. So there's a lot, I still have a lot to process about this. Um, I'm grateful that Max felt safe to share about his his heart condition 
um, I'm now really wanting to go and read Esther again and read it more deeply and thoughtfully. And I hope you will too. So if you haven't read it, please do. And if you haven't read it in a long time, maybe it's time for you to read the book of Esther. And I hope you know, like what Max shared, that you were made for this moment, that God has you here for a purpose. God has you here for relationship and connection. God has you here uh, to love him and others. And so I hope that you will choose uh, to do that today. So thanks for joining us on another See Her Love episode and podcast. Thanks so much for joining us and always know that you are seen, heard, and deeply loved by God. Thank you for your ongoing support of Crossroads, a supporter-funded nonprofit organization and member of the Canadian Centre for Christian Charities. Thanks to faithful people like you, we are able to continue producing See Here Love. You can write to Crossroads, P.O. Box 5100, Burlington, Ontario, L7R 4M2, or visit crossroads.ca to learn more about our programs.